Section 19 of the Book of Famous Sieges. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. The Book of Famous Sieges by Tudor Jenks. Chapter 19. The Fall of Constantinople. We have already told the story of a successful attempt to hold Constantinople against the eastern warriors in the year 1717, when, by the use of Greek fire, the enemy's ships were burned, an attempt upon the sea wall of the city, by far the weakest side, was prevented. Over seven centuries later, there came another attack against the great stronghold, which succeeded in wresting the city from the hands of the Christians. This was one of the most important sieges in the world's history, but it is not one that needs telling at great length, since it is only the story of the success of an overwhelming force against a few helpless and abandoned men. It was great because of its results on the world. The leader of this siege was Mohammed II, a youthful warrior who was only 23 at the time of the taking of the city, Having learned something of its defenceless condition, Mohammed sent a force to build siege works just outside of Constantinople. At once envoys from the city made formal protest against these hostile operations, but the protest was not repeated, since Mohammed sent back the messengers with the threat to flay any others who came from the city. Then he leisurely completed the building of his fortress, which in three months was fully completed and armed with heavy artillery. All being ready, Mohammed declared war against the Emperor Constantine, who then commanded a petty garrison of only 600 Greek soldiers, far too few to extend even a fringe of armed men along the massive walls. Constantine had little hope of securing help, but having sent a despairing appeal for aid, he finally mustered some 9,000 men, and in April 1453, with this little force, he confronted the Turkish expedition, which included a quarter of a million men and a naval force of 420 vessels. A bombardment followed, in which on both sides were employed not only ancient, but modern artillery. The walls were subjected at the same time to the blows of great battering rams, to stones flung from catapults, and to shot and shell from the heaviest cannon that up to that time had been constructed. These cannon had been drawn to the siege on enormous platforms dragged by long trains of yoked oxen. Not only did the Turks attack the city on the side of the sea, but they carried their lighter craft across the land into the city's harbours on the narrow strait to the northward, thus assaulting the city upon all three sides. For fifty-three days the city held out, but on May the 29th a general attack was made along the whole line, and the small garrison fell, bravely trying to defend the gates. The Emperor Constantine was killed, and the hordes of Turks came rushing into the city streets, the despairing people gathered in the great church of St. Sophia, where it had been predicted that an armed angel from heaven would descend to protect the Christians against the infidels. 
Nearly a thousand people were slain or sold into slavery. The great city which contained the uncounted wealth piled up through the long ages of its imperial history became for three horrible days a scene of murder, pillage, riot and confusion, and the Turkish crescent was hoisted over the walls, there to remain until our own time. The final assault by the Turks is thus told by Gibbon in his picturesque and sonorous style. The preceding night had been strenuously employed. The troops, the cannons, and the fascines were advanced to the edge of the ditch, which, in many parts, presented a smooth and level passage to the breach, and his fourscore galleys almost touched with the prows and their scaling ladders, the less defensible walls of the harbour. The foremost ranks consisted of the refuse of the host, a voluntary crowd who fought without order or command, of the feebleness of age or childhood, of peasants and vagrants, and of all who had joined the camp in the blind hope of plunder and martyrdom. The common impulse drove them onward to the wall. The most audacious to climb were instantly precipitated, and not a dart, not a bullet of the Christians was idly wasted on the accumulated throng. But their strength and ammunition were exhausted in this laborious defence. The ditch was filled with the bodies of the slain, they supported the footsteps of their companions, and of this devoted vanguard the death was more serviceable than the life. Under their respective bashaws, the troops of Anatolia and Romania were successively led to the charge. Their progress was various and doubtful, but, after a conflict of two hours, the Greeks still maintained and improved their advantage and the voice of the emperor was heard, encouraging his soldiers to achieve, by a last effort, the deliverance of their country. In that fatal moment, the Janissaries arose, fresh, vigorous, and invincible. The sultan himself on horseback, with an iron mace in his hand, was the spectator and judge of their valour. He was surrounded by ten thousand of his domestic troops, whom he reserved for the decisive occasion, and the tide of battle was directed and impelled by his voice and eye. From the lines, the galleys and the bridge, the Ottoman artillery thundered on all sides, and the camp and city, the Greeks and the Turks, were involved in a cloud of smoke which could only be dispelled by the final deliverance or destruction of the Roman Empire. The single combats of the heroes of history, or fable, amuse our fancy and engage our affections. The skilful evolutions of war may inform the mind, and improve a necessary, though pernicious, science. But in the uniform and odious pictures of a general assault, all is blood and horror and confusion. The immediate loss of Constantinople may be ascribed to the bullet or arrow which pierced the gauntlet of John Justiniani. The sight of his blood and the exquisite pain appalled the courage of the chief, whose arms and counsels were the firmest rampart of the city. As he withdrew from his station in quest of a surgeon, his flight was perceived and stopped by the indefatigable emperor. 
your wound exclaimed paleologus is slight the danger is pressing your presence is necessary and whither will you retire i will retire said the trembling genoese by the same road which god has opened to the turks and at these words he hastily passed through one of the breaches of the inner wall by this pusillanimous act he stained the honours of a military life and the few day which the leader survived in galatea or the isle of chios were embittered by his own and the public reproach his example was imitated by the greatest part of the latin auxiliaries and the defence began to slacken when the attack was pressed with redoubled vigour the number of the ottomans was fifty perhaps a hundred times superior to that of the christians the double walls were reduced by the cannon to a heap of ruins in a circuit of several miles some places must be found more easy of access or more feebly guarded and if the besiegers could penetrate in a single point the whole city was irrecoverably lost the first who deserved the sultan's reward was hassan the janissary of gigantic stature and strength with his scimitar in one hand and his buckler in the other he ascended the outward fortification of the thirty janissaries who were emulous of his valour eighteen perished in the bold adventure hassan and his twelve companions had reached the summit the giant was precipitated from the rampart he rose on one knee and was again oppressed by a shower of darts and stones but his success had proved that the achievement was possible the walls and towers were instantly covered with a swarm of turks and the greeks now driven from the vantage ground were overwhelmed by increasing multitudes amidst these multitudes the emperor who accomplished all the duties of a general and a soldier was long seen and finally lost the nobles who fought round his person sustained till their last breath the honourable names of paleologus and casuchazine his mournful exclamation was heard cannot there be found a christian to cut off my head and his last fear was that of falling alive into the hands of the infidels. The prudent despair of Constantine cast away the purple. Amidst the tumult he fell by an unknown hand, and his body was buried under a mountain of the slain. After his death, resistance and order were no more. The Greeks fled toward the city, and many were pressed and stifled in the narrow pass, of the gate of St. Romanus. The victorious Turks rushed through the breaches of the inner wall, and as they advanced into the streets, they were soon joined by their brethren, who had forced the gate Fenar on the side of the harbour. In the first heat of the pursuit, about two thousand Christians were put to the sword, but avarice soon prevailed over cruelty, and the victors acknowledged that they should immediately have given quarter if the valour of the emperor and his chosen bands had not prepared them for a similar opposition in every part of the capital. It was thus, after a siege of fifty-three days, that Constantinople was irretrievably subdued by the arms of Mohammed II. 
Her empire had been subverted by the Latins. Her religion was trampled in the dust by the Muslim conquerors. There is in the next siege, that of the island of Rhodes, an increase in the part played by cannon fire. This had so proved its value that the strong walls of Rhodes were unable to resist the shot poured upon them. But though the walls were broken through again and again, the breaches were so bravely defended by the Knights of St. John that they won immortal glory in resisting the enormous forces of the Turks. Gunpowder appears also in the mines that were prepared to blow up the walls when these should be attacked by the enemy. The important points in the city became the targets for the enemy's guns, and in general we see in this siege the beginning of the days when gunpowder plays the chief part in the taking of cities. End of chapter 19